Hey, welcome to Jeff Need Sports, everybody, an official Off the Ball Network podcast. Uh, we got a really cool show for you tonight. We're doing 10 questions about the uh, NFL playoffs to date. So if you're listening to this late, this is between the division round and the conference championship round recording this. I got a couple great guys from the Off the Ball Network with me tonight. I got uh, Thaddeus Bell and I got Mo uh, from Up in Flames. So uh, it's going to be a good show. You know, these, these questions have been locked in a vault at the bottom of the Atlantic. They have no idea what's coming. It, it ought to be a lot of fun. So um, without further ado, here we go for the first ever edition of 10 Questions. Here we go, everyone. NFL playoffs, 10 questions. Thaddeus, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. Appreciate you having me on. How are you doing? How are you doing? Uh, great, man. I mean, I think we're all, all of us football fans are kind of riding high off one of the greatest weekends that you know we've ever witnessed, uh, let's be honest. And um, Mo, are you ready? You, you feel ready for this. This is kind of your wheelhouse, man. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm ready to go, man. All right. So uh, appreciate you guys being here. And uh, without further ado, here we go. Number one. Thad, did Aaron Rodgers tank the Green Bay season? No, uh, you know, he came back after a lot of offseason rumors, put on an MVP campaign and just ran into a defensive unit that wanted it more. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's called a great game. The San Francisco front seven played lights out all all game. And the better team that that day won, you know, you'd like to see a, more points. He, he didn't put on his best performance, but I still think he wanted it. He was hungry, you know, he wanted to one up Brett Favre, get that second ring in Green Bay, but unfortunately that didn't happen. But no, he did not tank the season. All right. Mo Murphy, same question. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think he tanked the season. I know could have got vaccinated, you know, we you know, the political side of it that, that people weren't in. Um, I know there's examples for that. We talked about it off screen, but the rules had also changed. So, you know, essentially some people benefited from the NFL trying to keep the season going as healthy as possible. Uh, amid the COVID season, but he did have an MVP like season. So it's tough for me to say he didn't give it his all. It's tough for me to say that he didn't feel comfortable. And then, you know, we got to see a lot more of Aaron Rodgers than we ever have this year, hearing him speak on, <laughs> on every Tuesday on, on Pat uh, McAfee show. And I watched that and he, he wants it. He, he wanted to win the championship. And now he has to think about what he's going to do in the off season. But to say that, like for me to say that he didn't give it his all, I just, I can't believe that. Like for me, a competitor like Aaron Rodgers, and I know he's not one of the greatest, uh, most likable people, uh, and, I, and I understand that. And I think sometimes people's hate for Aaron Rodgers or high expectations for Aaron Rodgers, they'll, they'll have an outlook on that. But I don't think he tanked the season. I just think at the end of the day, the season didn't go the way he planned. Uh, and, and that may be true. So my answer was yes. And what I mean by that is, you know, with every th my biggest problem is what what he did over the summer. He wasn't there with his team. You know, he he kind of uh, threw his team under the bus, you know, especially team management and owners and uh, management and all that. So, you know, he distracted that way. He, you know, he's not there for all the OTs. And I understand some of these old quarterbacks don't have to be. But then he has the terrible game against New Orleans that some people think that he was – some people think, including my partner Dan Felton, think that he was basically letting Green Bay know what it would be like without him in that game. Uh, the distractions through the season, I know that I'm usually one to say the off-the-field stuff I don't care about, but I really felt that that was over over the line, you know, the every week, you know, creating the woe is me. And 
they weren't just, you know, all that stuff wasn't off the field they were talking about. So it really did affect his team. They had to, you know, hear it. Even if I, if it, if it takes away 10 seconds of conversation, concentration for me that's too much and I think that that affected him when he got to the playoffs that I do think that there was more that he could have done to make his team better we'll never know we'll never know uh, he's a great quarterback had a great season he's probably gonna win the MVP but I do believe that he left something out there so I'll leave it at that all right number two Mo was the Bills versus Chiefs game last week as good as we think it was or was it just the the most recent great game and you know we're all uh, overreacting about it no i think it was everything we think it was and then some i mean this was one of the greatest games you talk about patrick mahomes versus josh allen they gave us to me they gave us everything you wanted in a playoff game and it was the cap off to a great weekend like at the end of the day it was the final game of a great weekend walk off scores in every game whether it was a field goal or you know whether it was a touchdown um in overtime and i think it's one of the greatest games to date, especially of my lifetime, it, it, it's up there. And it almost reminded me close of, of when the Chiefs played in one of the greatest regular season games you ever seen against the L.A. Rams. Um, oh. You know, a few years ago when Jared Goff and, and Patrick Mahomes went back and forth, I think the final score was like 51-45 or something like that. I was fairly close to that. But I do think this is one of the greatest games we've seen. And then it was like, I think you emphasize it because it capped off one of the greatest weekends we ever seen in football. And I think that's why the NFL playoffs, when it comes to playoffs, I think the NFL playoffs gives you something year in and year out that no other playoff could give you because it is that one and done aspect. And it even created the argument. And I don't know how many times this has popped up, especially on social media, but which playoffs is better NBA or NFL. That was a big topic of conversation. After that's a great topic. One of the greatest weekends of NFL football that we've seen in a long time. And I, I think, you know, I think that game to cap off that weekend answers the question for me. And that's why even my answer for that is the NFL playoffs. It's not even close. Oh, wow. Thad, same question. Was Are we overreacting or was that one of the greatest games in NFL history? Or, or, or it's, it's fair. Yeah, okay. It's fair to say your lifetime, too. I should be clear. Like, obviously, we didn't watch any of the 60s. You know, yeah. And don't make any jokes. Like, even I don't remember the 66 <laughs> Packers. For me, uh, it lived up to the hype. It's exactly what we thought it was. You know, if it wasn't the best game, it was the best ending or best fourth quarter we've had in a long time. You know, it was, I don't know, high level. Could I say Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes put on two of the best QB performances of the season in that one game? They were just flawless in every aspect of the game. Um, yep. you know, back and forth game. Had me standing up like like, like, I was playing, like my team was playing. And uh, so, yeah, it lived up to the hype, you know. Great execution on both ends by the offensive coordinators, not so much by the defensive coordinators, but this game was definitely lived up to the hype. Yeah, I love this. I, I said yes also, and I've seen a lot of games. Uh, I might, As far as the ending of a game, like even if you want to just go to the last five minutes or even the last two minutes plus <laughs> overtime, I've never seen two quarterbacks play any better. And they, Because the difference was with this game, I've seen a lot of games like this over the years, sort of like this, and a lot of times it's because of like, we'll say a mistake, or a bad pass or a lucky bounce. These were quarterbacks executing. Like they were finding the open guy. They were hitting him in stride. They they were throwing the ball where the defense wasn't. You know, they were recognizing coverages. Again, something Aaron Rodgers did not do the other day. One of the biggest differences. Um, I just thought and, and it it was one of these games and it immediately took me back to what was it? Was it game what was the big game of Milwaukee Bucks and the Nets last year, game five or six? Uh when it just five, the, I think it was. And when it just went to like it it just it, it 
it brought everybody into it. You forgot who was playing. You were just so enthralled in the game that it, it became its own it became its own organism. Like it, 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 it was like outside of itself. And that's that this game got us all to that level, got everybody tweeting about it. And those are my favorite games when everybody's just kind of on the same page of like, I don't know what we saw, but we know we saw greatness. I definitely think it was, it, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know where I would rank it because I'd have to remember all these games, but it's, it's up there. It was amazing. Um, some, just some of the plays, just some of the plays for these two quarterbacks. It's crazy. I'm not sure that, <laughs> I'm not sure that I've. I don't think I've ever seen two games better than Josh Allen played in these playoffs. I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback play any better for two games and not being in the playoffs anymore. So. And look who arguably was player of the game. Like, yeah. oh, I, I won't say a random guy because he's, but Gabriel Davis, like he made playoff history and like yeah. he's not a wide receiver one. He's not yeah. nobody that you think is going to make a stamp in history books in, in the playoffs. And, and there he is. He played absolutely amazing in that final touchdown when he cooked that corner. I thought he might have broke an ankle. Like that's everything <laughs> you want in a football game, especially today. Y'all know I'm an offensive guy. I don't like the grimy, dirty 13 to 10 games no more. Like yeah. put up points on the board, and that's exactly what they did. It, yeah. it was everything you expected from this game. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, number three, Thad. What what team has the best playoff win so far? And you can define that however you want. I'm going to go Bengals over Titans because nobody gave them a shot. You know, coming into that game, the Titans were getting the one person back that made them a Super Bowl contender. Without Henry, nobody's, you know, looking at them as being a threat in the playoffs. And for them to get them back and for everybody to count the Bengals out and then to go in and play the way they did defensively, uh, I was very, very surprised. You know, even Joe Burrow said, like, why not us? Like, why we're not here just to, you know, give a little win one game and then just go home. Uh, And for for them to pull it out and for them just – the young guys to come together and make plays down the stretch. I think that was a very, very big win for Cincinnati and their and their city, as you know, living in Ohio. Oh, yeah, believe me, I, it's it is euphoria right now uh, around here with the Bengals fans. Mo, uh, best best playoff win so far. Yeah, I agree with that. Pretty much for everything he said. I mean, people kind of this was like it seemed like you know the the narrative around uh, Cincinnati was they're just happy to be here at this point. They won their playoff game. They had a successful season as a team. Uh, Joe Burrow's a young cat. Like, he's got plenty of time. He doesn't need this. Essentially, Tennessee's the one seed. They're out to prove whether they're underrated or overrated. Uh, like, everybody, you know, they were on the fence. Are they an underrated team that, that could win the Super Bowl? Or are they overrated and the most overrated one seed we've ever seen? And that was topic of conversation all week. They get Derrick Henry back. They said he was 100% and ready to go. Uh, and then you look at it. Through all the adversity that Cincinnati had to face with a young quarterback, man got sacked nine times. Like, he literally lived up to the <laughs> get knocked down nine times, get up ten. Like, that's exactly what happened. He got sacked nine times. And for a team with a, a young coach that hasn't really been there before, uh, a young quarterback that hasn't been there before, just the young core of talent that they have and some of the moves that they made even during the season, adding Eli Apple. He did get fried a couple times, but even still, like, he's come up big. Uh, in a few games. So I just think them beating the Titans was big time because after they got their, you know, edged out their playoff win against the Raiders, I think everybody counted them out because the narrative around Cincinnati was they're just happy to be here. Like at this point, Tennessee's going to win, go to the AFC Championship, and they'll play the winner at Kansas City and Buffalo. But Cincinnati was just fortunate and happy enough to be here. Zach Taylor saved his job making the playoffs and winning the division and winning a playoff game, like that was almost like the cap off of ultimate success for Cincinnati for this year. And so for them to be in the AFC championship, I think 
this is the most surprised team playing for a conference yeah. championship and, and essentially having an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. Like there were narratives around the other three teams. We're not really surprised. I think having Cincinnati compete to possibly go to the Super Bowl, I think just they've had the most surprise season essentially right yeah i agree and for uh, to top one of that like that was a great win and and they did it with defense it was amazing burrow didn't even throw a touchdown uh just um, amazing the way as a team they fog I, I think zach taylor if if we could vote now would get more you know votes for coach of the year uh impressive that wasn't my winner i went with san francisco over green bay because a lot of the same reasons but basically what edged them out over cincinnati to me was cincinnati's at the beginning of what we're thinking should be their probably 10-year run of being an excellent team and having shots at it, and they got the right quarterback. As to where San Francisco, all season, they you know there was times in the season they didn't know who was going to play quarterback. Like Everybody is, how soon can you get rid of Garoppolo? Where is he going to go? All these things. If Garoppolo goes, you know we're starting over. Is Shanahan going? All these questions. You know, to, to fight through the season you know, with injuries here and there, and then, you know, they have the big win last week over Dallas. Okay, that's great. And then they go to Green Bay, the team, you know, they're playing the team, number one seed, just like Tennessee, but probably times two, that was favored to win the Super Bowl, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback, legendary quarterback, all these things in their place. And to go in there and, and fight that out and never give up for a second, never let Rodgers get ahead of them. You know, and then to fittingly win it with a special teams touchdown, basically, or tied, I guess, but that's what won the game. And then the big kick and the, you know, in the freezing cold, it, it just, uh, you know, as, as far as like this is probably the last run of this form of what we see the 49ers, I thought it had to be the most satisfactory victory, you know, of the playoffs so far. But, but both these teams, if these teams wind up in the Super Bowl, I got no problem with it. Uh, both, I hate to say it, feel good stories. So, uh, I think San Francisco, you know, Jimmy said it best. You <laughs> fuck Green Bay. That's just I, I did, or fuck the Packers. I'm sorry. Uh, just a, just a great win. All right, so Mo, worst playoff loss so far. Uh, I know yours. You're disrespectful. Uh, but I, I gotta go Green Bay for everything that you gave the praise for San Francisco I, is I why it was the worst loss for Green Bay because they were at home. The number one seed, the favorite for what? At least the past two months? At the very least, they jumped to be the favorite for at least the past two months of winning the Super Bowl. And they lost to San Francisco. Like, and so it caps off the fact that, you know, Aaron Rodgers has the chokehold on the Dallas Cowboys franchise. When he plays in Jerry's world, he he's the GOAT. He's the best player you've seen. San Francisco has the chokehold over Green Bay ever since uh Aaron Rodgers has been in Green Bay. What are they now? Five and oh? against Green Bay in the playoffs. They're either 4-0 or 5-0 against Green Bay in the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback. Could, the, the question is coming in, could he shake that? Uh, I think San Francisco benefited from the weather. I think it was a nice matchup for what they do well. And But even still, we talked about it prior uh, going into that game, that Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks that plays in the cold. Jimmy G ain't ever played in a game under like 33 degrees or something. So they had the clear-cut advantage. This was the game for them to win. This was, and then, you know, at the end of the day, like this could be the end of an era. Like that loss right there could be the end of an era. We don't know uh, if Aaron Rodgers is going to be there next year. We don't know what their roster is going to look like. So even projecting ahead, that loss, looking at future projections, I, to me, I got to give it to Green Bay. That's fair. Thad, worst loss so far. 
for me, I'm going to go Bills over Pats. And it was just the way the game went. It, not like everybody expected the Pats to win and they completely blew it, but they just got ran off the field. I've never seen a Bill Belichick team, you know, get beat like that. For them not to force a punt or a field goal <laughs> wow. and make Josh Allen just look completely unstoppable like a one-man show. Like, they had no answer for him, whether it was the design QB runs or him just dropping back to pass. And it just got manhandled. I was watching the game waiting for them to force a turnover to spark a comeback, and it just never happened. So – and I was surprised. I was thinking, you know, Belichick seen this guy three times. The second time, he gave him a little problem. So this third time, he was going to come with a great game plan, and he just had no answer. No, that's a, I hadn't really – I didn't think enough about that, how the, the master himself got completely blown off of the field, had no answer for it. Alan Payne, that's a good answer. Um, that wasn't my answer. And this – my answer was not to instigate anybody on here, but I went with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And I went back and forth – with them in Green Bay, the only reason Dallas got edged out is because me personally, I I wasn't as surprised with the Green Bay victory because of everything I already said about Aaron Rodgers. So that one just didn't surprise me as much. I didn't I didn't expect them to win. I thought Dallas, everything lined up this season. You know, it, 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 they were healthy. They were a pretty healthy team. They got all the parts. They got a full roster. Uh, you know, did Dak's great. And then to, to and a lot of it wasn't on the players, but to lose it because of just little mistakes that you can't make in the playoffs, I thought it was bad. And then you know you're at home. I just, I just thought it was. It's. I guess here's how I would say: if I'm a, a Dallas uh, member of the Dallas team or a fan or whatever, I'm like, okay, what then? What do we need? Like we we had all the parts and we couldn't even win in the a wild you know the wild card round. What do we need? So uh, I guess maybe it's more of a disappointing loss, but I think it just has to leave kind of an empty man. Uh, what, what what could have been? Do we just waste a season? Um, but I think Green Bay is also a good answer. It's a it's been a tough tough go for uh, a, a couple of these teams. Uh, I would say going you know going ahead, Dallas is much better shape than Green Bay, but still, I thought I think that's a pretty tough loss for Dallas. I don't think they saw that coming. Mo, do you, do you want a few seconds to retort? I know you do. Nah, I'll let you go. I, I, nah, but I agree, though. I'm not picking on them. It was a letdown. Like, at the end of the day, it was a yeah. letdown. This was Dallas's opportunity to at least, again, get Dak, like, that playoff win again. They Obviously, they had, he won one against Seattle prior, you know, a few years ago. But it was like, prove everybody wrong. Like, everybody is like, they're fluke, this and that. And it just, it's like, it went back to, same old Dallas, different year. Yeah, and that's exactly what it left you with. As a fan, it left you empty because it's like, okay, when am I gonna stop teasing myself? Not that I thought we were going to the Super Bowl or winning the Super Bowl. I at least thought we were winning the playoff game. Like that was my bare minimum expectations. Going twelve and five was like we win a playoff game. They, they had to, they they really had to win a playoff game this year. Yeah, uh, like and we get a bet. Like I'm like, okay, we'll play the winner of the Rams and Bucks, but we'll okay, we still won a playoff game, and we just ran into what people would consider the better team. They would trash the Cowboys either way, but at least, like, you could go away knowing, like, we lost to the better team. The Rams are better than us. You know, we lost to Tom Brady, you know, away, and it probably would have been away. Well, it would have been a home game if we would have played the Bucs, but still, like, you just, you you, you would have been okay with losing to the better team. And you yeah. didn't lose to the better team. Now, San Francisco's an NFC championship. No knock on them, but Sunday's the Sunday. San Francisco's not better, but Dallas needed to play their worst game. And San Francisco still almost gave it up. So it's like almost like evenly matched teams, essentially. 
think we had the better quarterback. So it was a letdown. I don't disagree. Yeah, I think I think that was the biggest. It was a letdown. When you got a you know whatever a two hundred million dollar backfield, and it, you you just you got it. You got to beat Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Like the the future's not getting getting better with quarterbacks. It's getting harder. So I, mean, I think they'll be fine. But man, all right, Thad, um, number five. Which losing playoff team is in the worst position going into the offseason? This was a tough one for me, but I'm going to say the Steelers. Not It has nothing to do with coaching. Like They have a talented roster, especially on the offensive side of the ball, but they have no plan at quarterback going into the draft when <laughs> the quarterback draft isn't very, uh, isn't very strong. No like, faith in Randolph Maddox, as I call him? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Mason Rudolph, we've seen him for the past couple of years uh, in relief duty. He, he's not it, but you know, where their, where their roster is, they have no QB solution. You know, some teams go work ahead, like they'll get a quarterback two years ahead, try to try to do what the Packers did, and they have no plan. You know, Dwayne Haskins, I'm rooting for him, but I know he's not probably going to be the long-term option, and just kind of stuck. You can't go anywhere without a quarterback, and I think, Jeff, you tweeted about it. Like, if you have any question or concern in quarterback, you don't have a quarterback after watching um, these quarterbacks go at it on yeah. um, Sunday night, so – and you're in the AFC where it's a lot of right. quarterbacks ready to go, so you better get one or you're going to be far behind. I mean, you know, the way the Steelers are, they play, they're a tough organization, well coached. They'll go 10-7. I'll count them to go 10-7. But then winning the Super Bowl or reaching the AFC title games, you're not going to do it without a quarterback. I think I kind of overlooked that answer. That, that's a good one. Mo, who's uh, who's in the worst shape going in the offseason? So once again, me and Thad think so much alike, but I didn't decide to go with the Steelers. That was my initial, and it was just because the quarterback. Like, I, they don't know who's going to be their quarterback. They don't know if they're going to address the draft, trade for Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. So, But mine's probably a little more disrespectful because I say the Arizona Cardinals. Cause oh, I like this. Okay. You did good enough that you might not be able to justify firing your coach, but you didn't do good enough to think that the future is bright. What is this? The third year in a row that Arizona has started off hot and looked like a completely different team in the second half of the season. This is Cliff Kingsbury's MO, his entire head coaching career at Texas Tech. I forget where he was before Texas Tech, but prior to being at Texas Tech, at Texas Tech and at Arizona, his team start off hot. They've been ranked in college and fall off the runway. He's had Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. He now has Kyler Murray at quarterback. He doesn't have many excuses. DeAndre Hopkins was hurt. He's only getting older. I do expect DeAndre Hopkins to still be a top wide receiver, but you got all this young talent, and Hopkins is getting a year older. So, like, a year of Hopkins was wasted. A.J. Green is old. It showed you took away Hopkins, you took away that offense. That's exactly what happened in that Rams game. And the way that Kyler Murray looked befuddled, like he just looked like he almost had no idea how to play in a playoff game. For a guy who's won state championships, you know, who won a, uh, a Heisman, played in a college football playoff game, I know it only gets bigger at each stage, but like he's been there, done that to the point that you didn't think he would look like that. And I do think it more falls on coaching. And so now you're looking at Arizona, and then today is what made this answer easier for me because the owner's upset. The coaches haven't even gotten paid their playoff bonus, which means there's a lot of turmoil in that building. The owner and the GM don't know what they want to do for the future. Do they keep Cliff Kingsbury? And and so when I'm looking at all that, I'm looking at J.J. Watts older. He came back and was able to fight it out. Some of the other guys are, are get, they're old. They have some young pieces, but those young pieces ain't winning you much, especially when you look at the next three to four years, you're going to be having to get through the, the Los Angeles Rams and possibly the San Francisco 49ers, even if Trey Lance pans out pretty well, like 
we don't know what he could be, so we can't really answer for San Francisco. But I, I look at Arizona, and I think them, it, just because the way the way Cliff Kingsbury and his mo of coaching, you have to be cause for concern. There's a lot of other roster problems for people, a lot of personnel issues, cap issues, and all that. But when you look and you have a solid core, and you went out the way you went out, I I, I think for their future, it doesn't look that bright. Because what if Kyler Murray does this performance again next year, like? Now you're it, it's starting to become the Baker Mayfield question. Like he's better than Baker, but you're answering the Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson. Can we pay this guy for yeah. the next five, six, seven years and pay him that three hundred million dollars that he's probably going to get when he's up for an extension? Like you're going to have to answer that question. And if you go right or you go wrong, you pay guys like that because you think they can win you a Super Bowl. And so when you're yeah. sitting there not really knowing, that's why I look at the future is like you. What if you do have a quarterback issue? You can't imagine Kyler Murray not being the guy. But at the same time, if the season goes, they fall off the wayside again for the fourth year in a row. Kingsbury gets fired. You don't bring in the right coach for Arizona. Like there's a lot of ways that after next season, if Kingsbury makes it through this offseason, going into next season, there's a lot of ways that the Arizona team could look a lot different after next year. Yeah, I think that's a good answer. I I spent a little bit of time on them, but I like everything you said. I'm always scared of a team that's aging, uh, and and that's a tough one, especially your skill positions, you know, and, and I totally agree with that. I agree with, I think all the criticism of Murray, I, I, you know, I think it's, I think it's fair. And, you know, I agree that the, the windows will shut on your finger in the NFL on winning. Uh, it's not open forever. And I think they have cause for concern uh, for sure, especially the second half of the season. I went with a, a team kind of for a lot of the same reasons. Um, this team, number one seed, you know, it, it you know the, the running game is going good. They had great wins. The Tennessee Titans, because oh, and basically it boils down to this: it's another one of these teams. Like if not now, when? And the way this team is built, so specifically, they're not real interchangeable parts. So I I think that they may be looking in the mirror, like is this our ceiling? And that's the worst place you can be in the NFL if you want to win a Super Bowl. Like I don't know if you watch that game Sunday night. You know the Bills versus Chiefs. I don't know if Tennessee looks at themselves and thinks we deserve to be in that class, like in, in an honest moment. So, uh, I, you know, I, I won't pretend to know the salary cap situation, all that. I think we've kind of hit – I think Tannehill's kind of hit, you know, the wall. You know, he, he's done very well. But, you know, again – but if you get nine sacks and the opposing quarterback doesn't even throw a touchdown and you lose a playoff game, well, then where are you? And you had home field and all these things. So I got Tennessee Titans. Um, I think that uh, they, I think they had a, a lot of questions. You know, kind of said what you said about Arizona. The, what I would say about Pittsburgh is the good thing about Pittsburgh. Their roster's decent. If they can snag the right quarterback, next year might be salvageable. The future, I, I don't think, but I think next year with you know T.J. Watt's healthy and they got a decent quarterback. Uh, I think that uh, they're in the playoffs again. Their division's not super great. Uh, we don't know what you know the Lamar Jackson story is and all that, but uh, I got Tennessee Titans. All right, number six, Mo Murphy. This is I, I wrote this for you since you're going to be a guest tonight. I've got a bonus question for Thad later too. Um, so uh, just what's the – just about the Dallas Cowboys. What's the one thing that you saw that – and it can be an acute thing. It can be a very specific if you wanted to. What's the one thing that stopped the Cowboys this season because – you know, as an outsider, we saw a full team, which is rare in the NFL to have a full team. And obviously, they you know didn't even win a playoff game. What was what? What did you see every week as a fan that was like, we're, we're missing this? It's one word: consistency. 
you you either had a great defensive performance and a bad offensive output or vice versa. You never I, what against Washington football team and maybe Philly with Philly's backups was like the two games that you point out where like they played great on both sides of the ball. Like you gave up a lot of yards one game. You couldn't put up any yards the next game. You didn't know whether you wanted to commit to the run or just put the ball in Dak's hands. So it was consistency all around players, coaches, everything. Um, so for me, that that's the word is consistency is like to be 12 and five, like all the other teams that were 12 and five, 13 and four, like you knew they had it. And it, it wasn't a question about whether you believed in Dak. It was just, I think everybody looked and like, we've seen the Cowboys play really good and we've seen them play really bad. There was no consistency throughout the season. Even in some of their bad games, they were just better. You, you, you played the Giants twice. They go two wins. Like you, you switch those out for ink and we played bad against the Giants the first time. And even the second time we only put up like 20 points against a bad defense playing the backup and third string interchangeable between the backup and the third string quarterback. Like you couldn't create enough turnovers or, or, or score enough or, or give you good enough field position to put up a lot of points. So for me, when I look at Dallas and I look back on this season where the failure was, is it was consistency. You kept waiting every year. Even people on the outside looking in is like, we're just waiting for Dallas to put it all together in a meaningful game in that game to do it was against Arizona in the regular season. Like no Deandre Hopkins. That was the game for Dallas to put it all together offensively and defensively. And Kyler Murray comes in the Jerry's world looks great after being in a slump and our office couldn't do much. So for me, I look at like, you just weren't consistent. There was never multiple games in a row where you're like, they put it together on both sides of the ball. Cause you know, they got the talent on both sides. You know, they, they, they pay the guys, they got the talent. Talent isn't the question. It's just when, when will they put it all together? And maybe the answer is never at this point or, Maybe we wait one more year of mediocrity, bring in uh, the good old Sean Payton, and we put it all together for us. So, you know, that's just a slight look into the future on why I couldn't put Dallas as their future wasn't looking bright because uh, good old Sean Payton might be here in about another 365 days. I'm just saying. Uh, okay. So, Thad, what did you see as, as an outsider like me just watching this team? But everybody fo- – I mean, we, we see a lot of Cowboys games because of how many night games they play and so on and so forth. What's, what did you see when you're watching the Cowboys as a, as a non-fan of, like, this is what's missing? You know, part of it is obvious. It's coaching. But in the playoff game, I kind of just saw a lack of offense, a, lot, a lack of execution, period. Uh, you know, the defense in that playoff game played well, forced them to a lot of – they got the ball driven on them, but held San Francisco to three a lot, and the offense just wasn't able to, you know, help the defense out. And like we talked about all season, Mike McCarthy and some of the boneheaded decisions he would make in a two-minute drill or, you know, just in tight situations. And they people were saying, literally, this is going to cost you a playoff game and <laughs> lack of execution and, you know, stuff you practice. I know because in college we practice this at D2 and FCS school, so I know in the NFL they're going over the two-minute drill on Thursdays. Like, they do this every Thursday, the last day of practice, when it's just you're in your shell, just shoulder pads and stuff. High school, but, too. Yes, you go over this stuff every weekend for you to not execute it in the clutch. You know, it's, it's coaching. Um, you know, people just talked about it all season. For in for their season to end like that, it's kind of funny to me because I hit on the Cowboys, but it's just sad. They could have overcame this. And, you know, and then you see, I know the Chiefs situation is a little different because they had timeouts, but you just we can go back to that. Like other but coaches, that's why you have timeouts. Yeah, I, other coaches yeah. in the league 
save their timeouts. They don't. They're they're not gonna burn a timeout, get a delay of game out of oh. uh, you know stuff like that. Just boneheaded stuff that comes back to haunt you when you waste timeouts. And you see Andy Reid and Sean McDermott in the most clutch situation. They had their timeouts. That's six so, timeouts to end that game. I mean, that was the difference. Uh, just unbelievable. Yeah, so it's just little things. Little yeah. things. In a nutshell, that's what I saw about the Cowboys. It, it was it was uh, in game coaching, like specifically in game coaching. And if you don't have a coach that can coach in game, then you're probably not, you don't have a quarterback that's learning to coach in game. Um, you know, I, so I think that, I think Dak is a really good coach away from, you know, from winning the Super Bowl, but I don't think McCarthy's that coach. So it is what it is. So, uh, all right, Dad, number seven. And <laughs> this is a fun one. So everybody knows Jeff hates running backs. Uh, there's more to that, but in general, Jeff hates running backs. You know, again, here we go. We got the last four teams left. You know, I guess Joe Mixon's the best running back. You know, San Francisco's using a wide receiver. L.A. Rams got a kid that's coming off a torn Achilles. You know what I mean? Like it's it's this 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 playoffs is not based on running backs. Henry's out. Barkley didn't make it. Elliott went out. Blah 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 blah. So my question is: Is it finally time for the rest of the world to give up on running backs? Finally. I don't know how I'm gonna make you feel about this. Uh, I'm, 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 I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you now. Like you know, I still love me a great running back, but I'm all for not drafting them as high. Like we've seen people like Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Elijah Mitchell was a sixth round pick for the 49ers. Uh, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, these are all second round and later guys that have been successful in early years. So uh, you know, we saw a team. You know, the Titans pay them a lot of money. We're not. They they gave them some money and then they're sitting at home. So. Two years in a row, the yeah, Titans are I, out early. I'm I'm leaning towards you know what you say, Jeff. What you what you think about running backs? But I, I I still love them. I still love them a little more than you. But I I don't think they're worth you know the high draft pick and all that money. Yeah, again, everybody. It's, I I like the running back position. My my take on it is you you just it's it's by committee or you get a good deal or you use a a, a young running back who doesn't have a big contract. And when it comes down to it. it it's always going to be about the quarterbacks, and I think this is exemplified. It so, Mo Murphy, is should does the world need to wake up and stop worrying about running backs? And and, and is it the fantasy football? I don't know what it is, but this it's time, right? Yeah, it's the fantasy football aspect because they can run, they can pass catch. Typically, it's not a deep position as far as star power and consistent play. So when you look at it from a fantasy football aspect, Jeff, you and me had this conversation like a little while ago that fantasy football has sometimes ruined the outlook of football and how people digest football because all they're worried about is stats. And now you have access to these athletes and you can tell them you suck. I didn't win the fantasy football championship because of you. And they've come out and speak. Like, I don't care about your fantasy team. Like I care about wins and losses in, in playoff wins and super bowl championships and all that. But it's it. the, The running back position is important, but I don't think it's important at who is your running back. Yeah. You don't have to spend a first round pick. Now, Guys have panned out. Obviously, you know, Najee Harris looked really good, but even still, like, he's out. He's sitting at home. Yeah, but um, even that's that's a perfect example. A, a rookie running back is one of the best in the league. That's a perfect example of, like, you know, use yeah, them. Say these use, guys, and then you see, like, now you're like, do you do you cut Zeke? Do you trade Zeke? Do you keep him because he's on that contract? You're in kind of – you're not in cap hell, but, like, you need some, to find some salary cap, and Zeke's, like, the first person everybody looks at. You know, the Giants are looking at should they pay Saquon Barkley? Right. A lot of Giants fans would say no. Uh, Derrick Henry, you know, he's he's out. Obviously, he's coming off of injuries a little bit different. I think him and, like, I thought Jonathan Taylor would be that exception. We can get into that a, 
coaching and all that take the ball out of his hands. But outside of like make, those didn't even guys, make the playoffs. Yeah, didn't even make the playoffs. So outside of those two guys is like like you said, Joe Mixon. Only what first round pick is Clyde Edwards Hilaire that's left, and he's been hurt. They've been he didn't able, even play this year. Didn't yeah, play they, the they, first playoff game. Yeah, so they but they've been able to do it. They've been able to figure it out. And so, like you said, six round pick, second round and later, like you can visit the running back. It's not like don't draft the running back and find the undrafted free agent, but the value of like ranking a running back where he's a first round pick, you even see it now digesting the draft. Like nobody has Kenneth Walker going in the first round. Right. Nobody. Yeah, and that's exactly. the best running back. Had a Heisman worthy <laughs> output this and year. Nobody cares. Not going, nobody cares. He's not going in the first round more than likely. Unless somebody's able to trade back in or whatever. But, yeah, it's about time to really give up on the value of a star running back. I still love the running backs. They're still oh. – and I know you you think it too. They're still an important position, but it's – the name doesn't really matter. Elijah Mitchell, six-round pick, playing in the NFC Championship. <laughs> like, it's it's that plain and simple. Like, I think Joe Mixon went in the second or third round. Uh, he would have been a first round pick. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say he would have been a first round guy. No, yeah, Joe, Joe's got, Joe's got a pretty guy. good contract. He is like he is the best pure yeah. running back. And he would have been it. a first round guy had he, you know, he didn't do what he did. But even with Cam Akers, like they went and got Sony Michelle out of you know in the middle of the season. They got Daryl Henderson, and then they got Cam Akers. Who and Akers almost fumbled the game away. I mean, n- nothing yeah. against him, but that's I'm just that's the truth. You know, yeah. if Stafford Stafford can't do that, you know, Cup. Cup can't do that. So yeah, I, my last my last word on it is that you know it's it, it's just time. Like the position is great, it's very talented, but we're just it's this isn't the golden age of of high paid running backs. They they're the they're the last one of the last players on the field that really take a beating. Um, you know everybody else is more protected. There's less contact. The running backs still a lot of cutting. A lot of you know they take a beating. It's a tough position. And, you know, it's uh, it's more interchangeable than ever. Uh, number eight, Thad. Or no, I'm sorry, Moe's evens. Number eight. Is the old generation of quarterbacks, are they finally done? We've got we've got a nice crew in here right now. We've got, you know, good young quarterbacks. Garoppolo is what he is. I mean, he's not young, but he's, he's not a, one of these old, you know, Hall of Famers. Brady's probably gone. Ben is almost definitely gone. Rodgers, we don't know what Rodgers is going to do, but even if he comes back – you know, I don't know if he's a contender. So do you think the old generation is finally done and we're moving on or are a couple of these guys going to hang around and drag it out for another year? No, nah, I think they're done. I mean, if, if Brady comes back, cool. I mean, if, if Rogers, Rogers is going to come back. I don't see him retiring. It's just, where does he come back? Like, does he come back to green Bay? Does he play for another team? I think he could be the exception to make me look bad. When I say, I don't think any one of these old hall of fame quarterbacks are going to win another championship. There is a couple spots, though, for Rodgers to land where, like, let's say he goes to Pittsburgh. You know, let's say he goes – I won't say Denver. I'm not there yet. But let's say he does go to Pittsburgh. Like, you know, that's a game changer. I'm not saying they win a Super Bowl, but I'm just saying, like, now that right. makes Pittsburgh really well. They got the weapons, all Still that. Still got but, a heartbeat. I agree. Yeah, and, and, and a solid coach, a really great coach. So, yeah. essentially, like, I won't be surprised. You know, I kind of put my stamp. They're not going to win another Super Bowl. I mean – even if Brady comes back, he's going to have a chance. But, you know, we, we counted Tampa in this year solely because of Brady. And you see, he wasn't able to get done, almost was able to come back. But that was more bonehead mistakes on the Rams than the yeah. high performance play of Tom Brady. But you don't count him out. But I think you're coming to the point where, like, you respect the greatness. You know he's the GOAT. You know Aaron Rodgers is an all-time talent and things like that. But it, it's the it's the end of one era and into – 
possibly even a greater <laughs> era. Like, it, it, I'm not saying that they match these guys all time or anything, but like when you look at how deep the quarterback position is right now and yeah. how good these guys are, look, three. Matt Stafford is is middle aged. He's a middle. Yeah, he's in between. Yeah, but you just saw Josh Allen and Mahomes go back and forth. You see Joe Burrow in his second year. You know, uh, uh, playing in the AFC Championship. You see, hopefully, Deshaun Watson comes back. You see Dak Prescott. Russ, uh, Russell Wilson is a middle-aged guy, too. Kyler Murray, like Lamar Jackson. You go down the list of young quarterbacks, and it's like this is it's the end of one era, and we're on into a whole new era. And, I and hope so. I, I think we are. I mean, Fad, gone. I think Brady should be gone, too. Fad, you're the quarterback guru for the Off-Ball Network. Or, or is it is it time to move on? Are we are we to the next generation of quarterbacks? I pretty much agree with everything Mo said. Like, no, don't don't I, make his head swell. Don't. No, no, I, I'm for act real. Like it was I, steal his I, ideas or something. Don't make him feel good. I'd say yeah. I'd say yes. And Rodgers is the only one standing for the reason that Mo said exactly. Like, it just depends on where he goes. You know, the NFC is not kind of weak on quarterbacks. Not think, weak, but it's not as strong as the AFC with the yeah. you know the new generation and stuff. So it'll be it might be tough. A little easier for him to get a ring, but if he goes somewhere like Pittsburgh, Denver with a young roster, I could see that happening. But we fully transition. You know, the AFC let a, uh, just by itself. We got Justin Herbert, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, oh some guys that are still, you know, coming along in their young years. You got Kyler Murray. You got Russell Wilson. It's just going to be tough, man, and I think they're just taking over. And these guys and some of these young guys are so good, like, immediately yeah. when they come in the leagues. But so, yeah, I'm going to – Rodgers is the last one standing. You know, Brady, he needs a, elite guys around him to, you know, win a and, championship at this point. So, And I'm not the least bit worried about Rodgers. I, I do not see this as a guy that's going to go to another team, and he's not Brady. He's not going to bring everything, all this experience and blah, blah, blah. He's going to go to another team, half-ass it for a year. I'm not, not – and if, especially if he goes to the AFC. Like, there's, I don't see Rodgers coming out of the AFC next year. If he stays in the NFC, he's got he actually – Staying in the NFC North is probably his best chance. But, yeah, I think it's time, and I love it. Uh, I love this. I'll call it the platinum age of quarterbacks coming up because these guys are phenomenal. Number nine, Fad. This was a tough one. So I asked for your personal odds for each team remaining to win the Super Bowl. So, for example, I'll go first. I'll go first so people listening and watching know what we're talking about. I did Vegas odds. You know, I did, you know, the plus minus, the money line odds is what I did. So here are my odds. I got Kansas City at plus 175. I got the Rams at plus 200. I got San Francisco at plus 350. And I got Cincinnati at plus 400. So if there is anybody that doesn't bet or, or know what we're talking about, plus 400 means if you bet $100 on Cincinnati, you win 400 if they win the Super Bowl. Essentially the same thing as saying four to one odds. So uh, that, that's what I got. 175, I got 200, 350, and 400. Thad, what'd you come up with? I have KC at plus 150. Okay. LA, LA Rams at plus 175. San Fran at plus 275 because, like, that matchup is not – I don't oh. think they're that big of a underdog as people think because, you know, they kind of own L.A. And I'm going to go Cincinnati at plus 350. They're the they're the biggest underdog left, you know. Yeah, but you- in the Super Bowl, everybody's going to be not completely shocked, but, you know, nobody's betting on them to happen. So you think they all got a chance. So it looks like you're saying, you know, you, you're you're feeling basically Kansas City, L.A. Rams in the Super Bowl is your best is your best chance, and you think Kansas City is going to win just by your odds. That's, that's well, what we're going with here. San Fran has the biggest chance to, you know, pull the upset out of the two between them and Cincinnati. Oh, interesting. All right, Mo, what, what you got, man? I know I know you're a degenerate gambler. You just you just feel like one. <laughs> <laughs> so I got the Chiefs at plus one thirty five. Oh, you like the Chiefs? Yeah, I have big jumps from there. I got the Rams at plus 250. 
I got the 49ers at plus 325, and I got the Bengals at plus 450. Oh, wow. Okay. And so when I look at I got the Chiefs as heavy favorites. Uh, they've been there. They've done that. It's their fourth AFC championship in a row. Home game every time. This is their, this is their time. Uh, I like them against a matchup. I think the Rams match up with them the best. But even still, I think like they're a favorite. They're a three, four-point favorite in the Super Bowl against the Rams. Uh, in my personal opinion, just for the simple fact, when you start to look at pressure, like now that the Rams are here, they're going to have more pressure. I mean, yeah, there's going to be some pressure on Mahomes and them, but you know they've been here, they've done that. They know they're coming off a loss, so it's almost like they're a vi- they'll be in a, a revenge game, even though it won't be against the same opponent. But the show that last year was fluke due to health, why they kind of got ran off the field. Uh, the 49ers, I I really don't think they have a chance. I kind of battled who I out of 49ers and Bengals because. I don't see the 49ers beating the Rams and beating the Chiefs. Like the Ooh. Chiefs are my heavy favorite. I think they win this game. They're a seven point favorite against Cincinnati after losing by a touchdown, you know, a few weeks ago. That that goes to show how much they value, you know, the fact that this is this is where the Chiefs are great. Yeah. This is where they figure it out. And and it was a great storybook ending for a year with Cincinnati. And then yeah, I think if they beat Kansas City. And then they beat the Rams, like because I think it's <laughs> if the they, if, yeah. So if they beat Kansas City and they beat the Rams, like that has to be some high odds. I mean, you got it plus four hundred, I got it plus four fifty, but that has to be some high odds to project that yeah. if the if if the Chiefs are your favorite, then they're beating the Super Bowl favorite, and then they're beating your next favorite if the Rams are your favorite. Even though we could see San Francisco winning that game to beat the Chiefs and the Rams after beating the one-seed Titans, essentially to hold up the uh, Lombardi trophy, that's got to be, like, out of this world odds. Like, yeah. if you put $100, you deserve to, to win some type of good money for, for making but it. Not, but not really, because I'll give you the Vegas odds now. So I, I did my odds first, and I, I went and got the the, uh, the the not the official Vegas odds, but ones that you can uh, – DraftKings Sportsbook is where I got these. So Kansas City at plus 120, so they really like Kansas City like Mo does. Uh, L.A. Rams at plus 200 which is two to one odds, which is eh, it's average uh, San Francisco at plus four fifty, uh, So kind of right on track, but they've got Cincinnati at plus 800 in Vegas right now. That's the, that's eight, eight to one. So basically they're saying Cincinnati is not beating Kansas city is what they're saying here. So, yeah. um, you know, that, that, that's the official Vegas odds. Um, you know, we'll see, by the way, if you're gambling, gamble responsible, you know, don't you can do it for fun you don't have to do it do it for money you know i mean think about think about what you do before you do it everyone all right question 10 this was a fun one um it's kind of weird so you get to pick one player from each of the remaining four teams one player per team to put on your favorite team next year so give me your favorite team and then give me the four players that you pick we'll start with uh supposed to be mo we'll start with thad thad you go first all right, this is oh man, this was a tough. It was a fun question, but it was tough. I had to think about it. So my answer is probably going to be wrong, but my favorite team is most know is the Jaguars. And for each team, first I'm going to start off with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey because for most quarterbacks, the tight end is your best friend. He's the closest guy to you. You know, the guy you depend on when there's nobody open. You want to just throw it up to somebody or take a chance. That's your guy. Um, for the Bengals, this is kind of a surprise. I'm going to go Jamar Chase. Like, if I didn't take Travis Kelsey, I was going to take a receiver and then do something different. But since I didn't take a receiver, um, I'm going to take Jamar Chase. You know, immediate impact with Joe Burrow. I think him and Trevor Lawrence will have a lot of fun, a guy you can trust. Um, From San Fran, I'm going to go Trent Williams. You know, he had one of the best years as a tackle. Um, You obviously need to protect your quarterback, and he takes pride in that. Uh, He takes pride in not letting uh, defenders touch his quarterback, so I'm going to go there. 
And for the LA Rams, you know, maybe you guys thought I was going to take Jalen Ramsey, but the way he left us, he's still my guy, but I can't, I can't bring him back on the squad. I'm going to go Aaron Donald, uh, complete game record. Our defensive line isn't the strongest, and, you know, you know he doesn't have the most sacks in the league. He the way he disrupts the game is unmatched. You know. Yeah, and Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, and Josh Allen being nice, nice duo in that defensive yeah. line. I, I like that. So Mo's next, but just so everybody knows, my, the, my point of this experiment was it doesn't take that much to make a team really good. Was kind of what I was thinking. I mean, I know it sounds like four great players, but that's just four players, and all of a sudden you've got a playoff team now in Jacksonville. And I, you know, yeah, so uh, all right, all right, Mo. Everybody knows your biggest. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys fan in, in the world. Who'd you take? Yeah, so this was it was tough, but I love I like my quarterback. I, my quarterback with this you roster that I create can take me to a Super Bowl. So I did not go Patrick Mahomes with Kansas City. I took Tyran Matthew. I think a safety over the top, and and you'll really see okay. why later. But I, I took Tyran Matthew uh, from San Francisco. I took George Kittle. Uh, I like George Kittle, oh. and I like how he blocks. Like like you said, a tight end's a best friend. I think Tyran Matthew would be more important for the Dallas Cowboys, especially when, for a cancellation prize at tight end, I could get George Kittle. I think he's a better blocker. Having Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard in the backfield, we will need some solid run blocking. Obviously, he would be – I mean, you see what Schultz did with, with Dak, and it was not spectacular, but – you, you give us – you see what Kittle did with Jimmy G. You give Kittle to Dak Prescott, and they go crazy. It's like, over, I would imagine yeah. I agree. that's his guy. Cincinnati, I had to load up my wide receiver room, Jamar Chase. I, I know not. I loved him going into the draft. Uh, you re- Imagine you run a spread offense, and you got Travis Kelsey on the line, you got Zeke in the backfield, and you got Jamar Chase, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, and C.D. Lamb. At that point, offensively, there is zero – excuses on why you can't get the job done. So I did, by adding Jamar Chase, I did put a lot of pressure uh, on my quarterback and my coaching staff to get the job done. And then for the Rams, he didn't leave my team abruptly. We should have drafted him the year we drafted Ezekiel Elliott, but we didn't. I digress. So now is our opportunity to bring him to where he should have been in the first place. Give me Jalen Ramsey. Because now this is where Honey Badger, Jalen Ramsey can lock down a whole side of the field. And now I put Tyran Matthew as a safety over the top of Trayvon Diggs. And I move Anthony Brown to the bench right where he belongs. And I put Jordan Lewis in the slot as a slot co- a nickel corner. I think that makes Dallas's defense literally absolutely amazing. I have Michael Parsons D at linebacker. That's why I didn't go Fred Werner because I really wanted to go with him. But I do have Michael Parsons. So I'm looking at if I got elite pass rushers, I, I could get to the quarterback. And if I have a whole side of the field off, and then if Diggs does give up a big play, I put Matthew over the top. Now you have nowhere to throw the ball. Or essentially your quarterback, it's going to take a great effort by a quarterback to throw the ball. So if I put all of them, you you give me all of them, Dallas wins the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's where I was thinking. Like, I like Dak, so I ain't got to go Holmes, which make which made it great. I didn't have to go with one of the young quarterbacks. So, so that's why I went Matthew to put over the top of Diggs, Jalen Ramsey to shut down a whole side of the field. Uh, give me Jamar Chase to make that you know let's run a spread offense, and then give me George Kittle because we'll just put him on the line. He'll either pass protect for Dak when we do run a spread offense, or he'll run a little route, or we go five wide and we got Kittle, Chase, Gallup. Cooper and Lamb. Like, you, he's building a mad. He's building a, a Madden team. Yeah, I know. Sixty. Four players give me an all-time Madden team. Let's score sixty. 
I sincerely appreciate you guys for putting a thought into this. You did. I, I, I'm, I'm happier that I asked this question than I thought I was going to be. Here's what I went. I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. So I went from Kansas City. I went Mahomes because that's so obvious. I mean, what an upgrade. Uh, Cincinnati, I went Chase because Mahomes has to have someone to throw the ball to, and he's one of the best in the league already. Uh, San Francisco, I went with my man Fred Warner. He's an absolute, uh, you know, coach on defense. Not not only that, but one of the best players. He's just different. Uh, truly, one of the best. He's one of the best linebackers I've ever watched. I hope his career is long enough that he becomes one of the the greatest of all time. And then uh, I took Jalen Ramsey too. I just think. A, 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 a great corner like that's just irreplaceable in today's football. Uh, you put that on the Dolphins' defense. You know, I wish we had a coach to coach them, but I, I would feel good. I would feel good about that team. I would feel better about that team than than the team that we got going. Forward. It might be the greatest secondary of all time. It'd be good. Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, and you. And, move, and you, you got Mahomes and Chase. You don't Byron even need a whole safety. Like you might move Byron Jones back to his original position, move him to safety, or you put him as your nickel corner. And oh, he I feel good about it. God. That would be- that's and um, and uh, what do you call him? Mahomes with Jalen Waddle. He's no Tyreek Hill yet, but you know he's still he, you got, you not got too far off. Waddle and Chase, Waddle and, and, yeah, they got yeah. Gisecki's yeah, good enough. Tight end. Gisecki's not a bad tight end either. So. Good enough. Yeah. So no, nah, nah, seriously, thanks, guys. So um, that's all the ten questions. So Mo got to you know I my new Mo was coming on a little before Thad. So you know I designed a Dallas Cowboys specific question. So I have a question for you know Thad uh, for the last minute or so here. Who who do you want to be Jacksonville's head coach next year? Who's your dream hire? Because that seems to be the big question of who's going to get a coach this young. But a lot of people think pretty talented team in Jacksonville. At the beginning, you know, I went with Byron Leftwich, and then more candidates started coming out. So, like, if Sean Payton's taking the year off, I know that's out of the picture. Doug Peterson, because he's an offensive-minded guy, he wasn't that bad. His ending in Philly, I didn't really agree with. You know, Jim Caldwell is okay, but he's not – Really offensive minded completely. So I would go Doug Peterson or Brian Flores, uh, but mm. with Byron Left, which being the the number the one A one B. You know, he played for us. He I'm pretty sure he wants to be the guy to change turn the program or I mean the you know, the organization around. So wouldn't be too opposed to it. He would just need, like I said earlier, a really good experienced former head coach to take over as like coordinator, D coordinator to help him run ship. Because he yeah. can't he's never been a head coach and this Never, not even at the college level. So it's something completely new for him. So yeah. he needs a little bit help. But it has worked out for guys. It worked out for McVeigh. It's 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 worked he out. He was thirty when he got hired. Yeah, so. McVeigh, McDermott, all these guys, Lafleur. I mean, they're not bad coaches to start a young age. So um, he might be. And he's got he's he's coached with Arians, who is a good older coach, just to show him kind of the coaching stuff. And he got to coach Brady. I mean, for what you could probably learn from Tom Brady. It, you know, help. So I think Leftwich is going to get the job. Flores is not a bad one either. Um, you know, hated, still hated to see that guy go. So that's it, guys. Uh, I appreciate it. That was 10 questions on the NFL playoffs. Um, you know, we've got the big games coming up this week. First and foremost, um, Thad, tell everybody where they can find you and your show. What the game means to me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Me and Jelani will be coming to you guys with another show uh, th- either Thursday or Friday before the games kick off. So you guys stay tuned. All right. Mo from Up in Flames. Where can they find you, buddy? Yeah, you can check out Up in Flames anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, make sure you check out Draft Capital NFL. Uh, that's me and Stu's show. We've already had that on there. Uh, we're going to be covering a lot of – it's a draft, NFL draft-centric show. Uh, we go every Thursday um, at 8 p.m. Eastern. Pretty sure we're, we're still on for tomorrow. Covering positions, again, I think corners and wide receivers. But, you know, we're going to start doing teams and just picking guys – brains apart fun episodes analytic episodes and everything in between just to 
be kind of like a fan engaging show and get guys what they want to see, you know, for their team, who, who they like, who they love. Uh, mock drafts will be coming. Stu's position rankings are, are released on the show every week as well. So make sure you check that out and let's get that show growing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. You guys are two of the best, without a doubt. And, of course, everybody get offballnetwork.com and check out everything we got going over there. Uh, this is an exciting time of year for us. The content's going to be pouring out. So, you know, check out Jeff Needs Sports. Check out all the podcasts that we got going on. Um, it, it's going to be a good time. And we got a huge Super Bowl week coming up again this year, which is going to be a lot of fun. So, again, uh, thanks again, everybody. And uh, that was it. We're out. See you, gentlemen. Yeah.